Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, today we have a panel, so as mentioning Steve J. Seidman, the founding attorney of Seidman Law Office, with over 30 years as an experienced trial lawyer, focused on personal injury. Steve is America's Heroes Group partner, sponsor, and advisory board member. He actually uh, does so much for us, but uh, he does a lot for you, too, as veterans. Uh, get out there. If you have any kind of claims, even if you're not a veteran, go to this man. He will help you. Uh, today's discussion is the 2021 updates on legal issues. How are you doing, Steve? I'm fine. Thank you, doctor. How are you doing? Great, great. Good. Um, it doesn't seem my Zoom is working again, but that's because uh, I actually have 40 years of experience, which means I have no no ability to do anything technologically anymore. <laughs> You're in the same group as me. <laughs> it's great to talk to you. And um, I wanted to take a few minutes to, to go through some changes uh, that we have here uh, that we're facing in 2021 um, and some uh, timely uh, topics. Uh, I first want to talk about the challenges facing the Department of Veterans Affairs in 2021. You know, we have a new U.S. Secretary of Veterans Affairs, um, and his name is Dennis McDonoghue. Um, and he actually uh, is, he has managed so far under the Biden administration to make some changes. Um, and this is the month of um, LGBT month, and we're going to get into a little bit about the changes that have been occasioned because of that and the funding that actually the Veterans Affairs and actually the the, uh, the military has finally accepted. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, our executive producers, what I call cause celeb uh, uh, sexual discrimination in the military and what changes uh, hopefully will be made and have been made um, and other things. First of all, I'd like to say that because it's a veteran show, the Department of Veteran Affairs, actually, it's one of the largest agencies, one of the largest and complex agencies in the, in the government. Um, take a guess what their annual budget was in 2001, Doctor, as far as what the budget was for v, the VA uh, administration. Oh, boy. <laughs> it should have been, uh, let's say, $900 billion. <laughs> Well, it's actually a little less than that, $240 billion Two, oh, uh, for fiscal year 2021. It has, believe it or not, 360,000 employees, mm -hmm. maintains and operates 6,000 buildings, including 16 health care facilities, 144 medical centers, 1,232 uh, 1, outpatient sites of varying complexity. It has to administer health care to approximately 9 million veterans annually through the Veterans Health Administration. It also administers the GI Bill Education Program, a home loan program for veterans, as well as maintains 135 cemeteries where Americans can, could bury really the brave service members who sacrificed so much for the company, for the country, wow. rather. Um, he, he, Dennis McDonough, I'll tell you, has made some really good changes. He's the first, the only second non-veteran to take the helm of the VA since it became um, a cabinet-level department in 1988. 
And only the second person who, who Congress did not confirm unanimously for the post. <laughs> so he, he really would think that he has a, his work cut out for him, but he seems to be up to the challenge already. It appears that the uh, the Congress has uh, passed uh, the increase in the budget, and even with regard to discretionary spending for the VA, they've apportioned 113 million just for discretionary spending for VA programs, and that's an increase of almost eight percent currently, and about 176 million more than what President Joe Biden asked for in his budget proposal released. So, wow. if you think about it. Uh, that's huge. It's huge for a lot of our audience for obvious reasons, because when you think of all of these programs that are available to veterans and that the really veterans ought to to make use of, it really is uh, a tremendous uh, a, a kind of budgetary and and uh, great operation. Um, so we know we have a couple of, of issues with regards to uh, what's going on. First of all, uh, the first thing that, that one of the things that we hope that Secretary uh, McDonough does is expand veterans' access to disability benefits. And, you know, we've, a lot of you have heard about the Blue Water Navy veterans, uh, and they're trying to in, in, incorporate other diseases that might uh, come into that, including hypertension, bladder cancer, Parkinson's disease. Uh, and then we have the, the, the terrible use of Agent Orange during the Vietnam War off the coast of uh, the ships off the coast of Vietnam, as well as Laos, Cambodia, and Thailand. Uh, and a lot of veterans were denied benefits uh, in the Med Med Middle East who, because of cancer tumors that, that, would, that could have been caused by toxic chemicals and radiation, including burn pits. And we talked about burn pits. That's where they burn all of this toxic material, and the military was, was really charged with doing that. And... You know, a lot of people, as we could see with 9-11, the first responders, and what we hope we don't see what's happening in Miami right now with these people on the, the heaps of this toxic uh, burn. Um, but this in the military was done almost every day by people. Yes. But, you know, people got radiation. Uh, they came in mm -hmm. contact with, with all kinds of things in the burn pit. And you have to enroll yourself. 200,000 people are enrolled in the burn pit registry. Um, so uh, that has to be uh, resolved um, and, and, and really expanded because of the cancers that be, can be caused by that. Um, also, one of the things that the secretary is faced with is, how about those people we talked about on one of our shows that received a less than honorable discharge and made them ineligible for veterans benefits because they acted inappropriately as a result of sexual trauma. They were expelled for their sexual orientation before the Pentagon changed its policy on lesbian, gay, and bisexual individuals serving the military. So think about all those people who were dishonorably discharged, who didn't get the veterans' benefits that they were entitled to and are entitled to because they were exercising their rights and they, or they were traumatized sexually or they were expelled because of sexual orientation. Well, those people, it would seem, obviously, should be entitled to receive the VA benefits just like everybody else okay, uh, yeah. who's, who's in the military. And I think, you know, this is timely because of our discussion right now, but that has to be worked on it. There's also, and we talked about this a little bit with regard to discrimination for these disability exams. Right, yes. But I did a little research on this. It turns out that 
there's a massive backlog of compensation and pensions exams which a veteran must receive in order to be granted disability benefits. Many granted many of these were delayed because of COVID pandemic, but as of March of 2021, 357,000 exam requests were pending. That's three times the amount of the exams that were pending in 2020. And, and this doesn't even take into consideration, and we've talked about this and gonna be sort of hard to figure out, the discrimination that's being applied in these, in, in these disability evaluations. Yeah. In other words, is there racial discrimination? I think last time we were talking about this, you know, we, dis, we, we discussed the fact that we need to kind of figure out whether there was. And with this changing, expanding kind of field in veterans' disability and, and, and benefits that are available to people, I'm hoping that there'll be another sea change. We've seen a great deal since I started on this show with regard to uh, military being able to sue for medical malpractice, uh, the sexual um, uh, discrimination was going on. We saw what happened to, to uh, uh, this poor Ms. Guillen who was murdered and was subject to sexual discrimination as it came out, although it, 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 at the outset it wasn't, uh, it wasn't noted that she was. So there's a lot to do here to address these issues. Another issue, in my opinion, and we talked about in one of the shows over the years, reducing the veteran suicide rate. Yeah. And, and we talked about this more over the past 10 years, and it's daily, people daily are doing this, more than 60,000 veterans died by suicide, and 20 veterans die by suicide each day. And that statistic has kept up. It even got worse probably during COVID because of, of the feeling of being shut in. Yes. But if you think about it, between 2005 and 17, nearly 79,000 veterans killed themselves, more than the total number of troops who died in the wars of Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan, Afghanistan combined. Wow. Now, if you remember... Uh, President Biden promised that within the first 200 days of his office, he was going to publish a comprehensive public health and crisis uh, sector approach to address suicide among uh, the veterans. So hopefully we'll we'll see follow through on this plan, um, because obviously it's still a real concern. And I think with the with the way that things are in this society, I don't know, it, it seems that things are more complicated than ever. And, and probably there's more depression than ever. And I think that, you know, any of those members who are listening to this, for whatever reason, need to seek the counseling. They should do that with the Veterans Administration or anyone, because you're not alone, and we don't want you doing something rash. You're never alone in these things, and, and we need to address them. Well, Steve, you um, know, would you give the most important piece of information in this whole conversation? Your telephone number. People need to know oh, your number. Yeah, my number is 312 781-1977. And we do an awful lot of things. Uh, we do uh, personal injury, medical malpractice, and I've been at it 40 years now, um, which is an awful long time. Um, and, um, you know, we do jury verdicts. My highest verdict with gross amount was $26 million for a, poor, a terribly injured person. So we do all that. We do workers' compensation. And I'm happy to talk to any veteran or anybody for that matter, uh, because this is what we do and, um, and we try to do the best we can. Great. Um, going back, going back, and thank you for, for mentioning that, by the way. And, sure. Um, in fact, while we're just on that subject, I just read, uh, yesterday that 
you know, Polaris has these uh, these ATV vehicles that people in the military use. Oh, yes. And actually, they, they're used at West Point. They're used at all kinds of military. You probably used one yourself, Doctor, I would uh, imagine. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, and unfortunately, there was yeah. a, a cadet at West Point um, who uh, there was a, alleged a faulty ATV seat uh, made by the company. And when it, it tipped the, the seat, he alleges caused him to be paralyzed. Oh, um, he said there, of course, Polaris tried to duck out of those claims and get out of them. But fortunately, the court said that uh, they couldn't and it had to go to uh, to trial. Um, and, and that's the type of thing that we do do. Um, and another kind of um, interesting tidbit, we talked over the years about the uh, 3M earplug cases. Right. Uh, and you had, you had been exposed to those earplugs when you were in the military. Yes, yes. And, and what happened is they, they, the, the allegation was that they were negligent, that they didn't do their job. And, in fact, the uh, manufacturer of those earplugs that was bought out by 3M ended up paying a, a $9 million fine to the federal government for basically lying mm. that they didn't work out. And that was called a, a whistleblower case. But now these, these lawsuits are, are going forward. There's been three. Um, they're kind of test cases. They're called bellwether jury trials. Two of them have come in favor of the plaintiff, the people who are, are claiming it, the military people who are saying that the earplugs didn't work, and one of them has been against. And uh, the way they pick the cases for trial, interesting, the plaintiff gets one, uh, the, the, the 3M people get to choose one, and then there's a random third one. So two out of three is, is there. I don't know whether they're going to continue to be tried, but uh, that's major litigation that's going on, and we have cases pending in there too. Um, I, I think uh, other areas that we do, obviously, are veteran malpractice or malpractice now of even military personnel. And, and during the years, the other change that we saw during the time periods was that um, – you can now go as a veteran to a private to a private uh, healthcare facility, and the veterans uh, VA uh, would have to pay for that, and and that's called the Veterans Access to Care Through Choice Accountability and Transparency Act of 2014 and the Mission Act of 2018. And what that did is it relaxed rules that made it difficult for veterans to receive routine or specialty care out of the VA system. Now it's costing the VA. A heck of a lot of money. We all know that, but but uh, the the truth be told is is that that it opens up a bunch of issues. If if a doctor who a veteran is seeing, are they uh, uh, commits malpractice, and obviously there's a case there. But it, it, the VA, a lot of people, uh, veterans, would prefer to go elsewhere for specialty care if the veteran facility in their jurisdiction where they live uh, doesn't have enough. Uh, special specialists there. So the, this act, these acts, give the right for the for the veterans to do that, and that's huge for people to do that. Yes. A lot of conservative veterans group groups would like to see the VA completely outsource all of its health care um, and kind of do it like an outsource job. You know, we saw we see outsourcing everywhere, right? So they just want to outsource all of it. They don't even want to have you go through VA at all. Uh, they they would tell you that they'd rather just have you go privatized. I don't think that's the answer. Uh, VA is, is very efficient in many regards. A lot of veterans have great care there. And uh, I think the secretary is going to have to take a position on this 
total privatization issue, right? And they take it off the table. I mean, I think it's great that people have a right to go to specials and the like, but, you know, to make it completely privatized, I think is, might be a mistake. Uh, the next issue I want to get into, and we're running out of time already, it's hard to believe, uh, but the prioritizing the women and LGBTQ people who serve in the military. Okay. And, of course, for many years, as we know, there was no such thing as even recognizing the LGBTQ community in the military. If the big thing was don't ask, don't tell. You know, if, you don't, if you're not asked, you don't tell them about your sexual orientation. But the VA must, at this point, um, I think, provide women and LGBTQ service members the same benefits as everybody else. And they've got to end this sexual harassment uh, against them. Um, did you know, doctor, and this statistic I found very interesting, that women are the fastest growing segment of the veteran population? Oh, yes. So since I've been looking at the numbers recently. Women, <laughs> yeah. What, what's that? I've been looking at the numbers recently, and it's getting much more. <laughs> yeah, it used to be 3% or 1%, and now it's like close to 15% or higher. Yeah, actually, since 2000, yeah. the number of the women in the military has grown from 63,000 to 473,000, an increase of 310,000 or almost 300%. Wow, wow. And the women <laughs> using VA health care has tripled since then, too, growing from 160,000 to 475,000. LGBT personnel now estimate to make up 6.1% of service members. How about that? Wow. 6.1. And, and now we're seeing um, actually trans, uh, trans uh, people able to get benefits and payment for uh, operations. And in fact, since this, uh, President Biden came in, I read a statistic, I think last month, $12 million were spent at even at, by that point for transgender operations and transgender counseling, and that's now available for them. Well, that but is if fantastic. we look at the great deal of women, and this has been the subject that has been our executive producer's cause, celeb, I call it, subject to sexual assault, and many chose not to list as, as, as a result. I think we're finally addressing that. In April of 2001, the VA took a step in the right direction to improve care for women LGP vets, uh, and, and they're actually committing to review their policies with an eye toward making them more inclusive and implementing, implementing them. So the VA secretary is going to have, to have to consider increasing benefits for veterans who've chosen not to reenlist because they got out because of sexual harassment or even assault. I mean, they're going to have to do something uh, to make sure that they're establishing new office for women's health. Oh. How about full-time gynecologists at every right. VA hospital? Right. Um, you know, ending well, sexual harassment at women at VA facilities, and I'm sure, uh, doctor, you probably observed it, mm -hmm. um, that this is what goes on, as it does with the LGBTQ community. Yes, yes. So well, Steve, he's going to have to look into a lot of this stuff. Uh, and... Um, you know, it, right now, uh, someone pointed out in an article, the VA motto currently reads, oh, to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan, that needs to change and say to care for anyone who right. has borne the battle. Or so, anyone who's won. I think we're almost out of time. Yes, we are. Uh, but, Steve, uh, I want to give you a phone number again, 312-781-1977. And I'm actually going to give your office a call this week. I've been... 
you know, wanting to do this uh, for a while, but so tied up with work. But you have to take time for yourself. So call Steve Seidman. I, I'm telling you, if you're out there and you're looking to make a claim, call him and set up an appointment or, you know, follow the directives that they have there about what you should do. But um, you've been doing this for veterans for a long time. I just want to thank you for what you do for us. Thank you. As thank you so much, doctor. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.